Yo, what up? This is Kohai. You're listening to Cabbages, the hip-hop podcast. Stay tuned, guys. Lecherous, harassing, low-life cop fuck. But he's a hero, I guess. <laughs> That's a description for this movie. But it also maybe a description for Russell Crowe. Yeah, I don't know enough about Russell Crowe, but sure, if the shoe fits. The understanding that I've gotten is he's not a good guy. He's not a nice person. Okay, well, he's not a good guy. Isn't he one of the dudes that has a band and it's like a stupid band name, like 500 Walls Full of Grunts or something like that? Yeah, it's something like that. We're basically Beavis and Buttheading Russell <laughs> Crow right now. That's pretty cool. opening to the show. <laughs> well, you know, it's like it says on the movie poster for the man with the iron fists. Oh, no. You can't spell Kung Fu without F and U. That is literally what is on the cover of the poster. <sighs> For this movie, that is the chosen tagline of this movie. If I had known that before I watched this movie, if I had known that that was what it was, I might have had some sense of what I was about to get into. Maybe I should be prepared for something ridiculous. The... Why? <sighs> this movie is confusing, man. That yeah. tagline doesn't describe any part of of the film there's like i guess there's vengeance involved but it's very like honor driven and familial yeah it's not like oh man that guy stepped on my shoe at the theater i'm gonna fucking kill him it's like that guy murdered my father and i'm here to to avenge the death of my father mm -hmm. i don't know man it just adds another layer to this interesting I guess interesting film. Yeah, I think you know we're going to have the conversation. We have a great guest, and uh, somebody we hopefully do. will be able to uh, help us make sense of this because it is confusing, and it is also I'm, in some I'm ready places. To, I'm ready to dive in. I want this experience because there's there's positive in this movie. Yeah, and I think talking it out might bring out some of the good things. It's going to bring out some of the bad things, but it yeah. it. It'll bring out some of the good things. They're like, this movie... It's weird. I want to see what it's like when we come out the other side. Yeah. You know, just that that one pull off of the one hitter, just like I haven't smoked in days. And it's just... I don't, I like, I don't know what it is tonight, but I did like a bong hit, and I'm in fucking Wonderland. <laughs> I can't lie. I, I think it's because I didn't eat tonight. Yeah, I rolled up a blunt for this podcast, and I went downstairs, and Fat Boy and Eighty Nine are in the living room, and Eighty Nine is already smoking a blunt. So I was like, <laughs> Do I pre-smoke a blunt to the blunt that I already have? Yes, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that just that made me cough just thinking about it. <laughs> These are the questions we have on this show. I am very excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Kohai the Wonder Guy, the Jersey rapper, producer, and DJ runs in the same circles as Fatboy Sharif and 89 the Brainchild. 
They're also two of his co-hosts on the bi-weekly Strangers Live radio show at Newtown Radio. His latest project is called Tales from Neo-Tokyo 98, available on Bandcamp and wherever music is streamed or sold. Hello and welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. Very excited to uh, be with you, fellas. Pleasure's all ours, pal. It's a pleasure, yeah. man. You know, yeah, obviously, man. we see you out in the world. We end up seeing each other at the same shows. It's true. And all the once time. I, when I heard Neo Tokyo, I was like, all right, we got to have him on the show. It's official. We have yeah. to have him on. And you, uh, and we picked quite a movie uh, for you today. Indeed. Boy, did we pick a film. We picked the hell out of this film. Oh, this man. Was a, this is a pick. So before we get into the details of this movie, because there is maybe a lot to discuss or nothing yeah. to discuss, depending on your perspective <laughs> on this movie. But yeah. let's just begin with, I think, the natural discussion topic, which is the woo. Oh, yeah. What is your sort of experience? What is your kind of entry level experience and your continued experience with the Wu-Tang Clan? Oh, man, I fucking love, love Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, obviously, you know, the album's uh, Tales from Neo-Tokyo 98. So any, growing up, any uh, any rapper or music that was attached to, you know, anime or uh, fighting game culture or kung fu or anything like that, gorillas, Wu-Tang Clan, anything mm. like that, it was like right up my alley. You know what I mean? So uh, I grew up uh, listening to 36 Chambers, obviously. Sure my my family was a lot more of like they were biggie and bad boy and more you know club hip-hop at the era and i was always a skate kid so wu-tang clan was very in that culture mm. as well but yeah i love the woo me and 89 watched uh the the wu-tang clan uh uh hulu tv show american uh, saga uh regardless of how good or bad you think it is it is good entertainment you know what I mean? But yeah, I love the Wu-Tang Clan, man. They're absolute legends. I remember when they used to play the single Method Man on the radio. Yeah. And that's where I first heard it and became obsessed and taped it off of the radio watching my, you know, little boombox. And I just like kept playing it as being like, I wanted to learn the names of everybody in the group. Absolutely. I wanted to learn the verses. And then like, I was like with my cousins, we would listen to the, we'd have a, we had it on cassette. We listened to the tape and you listen to like, you know torture and you listen yeah, to oh. obviously you listen to like to cream you listen to all these great amazing iconic songs yeah. and then i became an absolute devotee of the solo projects that came out from there oh you of know, course i mean ghostface i think ghostface's supreme clientele is supreme maybe clientele, the greatest man. rap album of all time like to Absolutely. me it's just that and influential influential uh, agreed for, for many 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 years going forward extremely influential huge yeah we're 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 running on the same page here uh i love this question it's one of my favorite questions it's one yeah. i've answered many times before so i am rehearsed in saying <laughs> that rehearsed the Wu-Tang let's clan the wu-tang clan changed my head shape yeah completely and utterly like devastated me as a listener as a human because i realized that i wasn't listening to enough rap straight up and down i had okay. no clue i mean i lived in havelock north carolina it's the middle of nowhere huh. yeah and like the introduction of the wu-tang clan came under such insane circumstances oh yeah that, like my sister worked at a mall i think a lot of rap came into my life this way gangstar included uh 
where she worked at a mall and a security guard and her hit it off and became friends. And he was like pumping rap into our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that's how I heard it one way or another. It's not something our family was going to introduce to us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I remember going to this trailer, this dude lived in and just sitting and like, rifling through while they just like hung out and smoked weed and shit. I was not interested in drugs at the time. <laughs> at the time. Uh, at the time. <laughs> and I was very young too. Like I just drugs weren't really a thing. Yeah. So yeah. I just sat there and like piled through these CDs of New York rap. Mm -hmm. And was like, I want to go back. And she was like, I'm probably not going to hang out there all that often, man. You'd be like, no, but <laughs> I, so but it's you know get there. what you can. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. like the introduction of it was just like broke my brain open and i am a different human being because of it i feel I like very, very similarly like uh that that introduction to me th that pipeline for me was like uh the tony hawk pro skater games oh you know sure I mean? like anything that sounded similar because i i you know i my family wasn't going out and buying me cds and stuff like i had what i had mm -hmm. and that was cool i wasn't i wasn't a big asking type of guy but you know i heard deltron and i was like i don't know who that is but i know i like that and yeah. I, you'd hear uh, uh raekwon or or method man's voice on a song and i'm like i don't know who that is or or method man and mary j blige was with got you know a million plays on honey seven growing up and i'm like wait that guy's a wu-tang clan and then you mm -hmm. go wait that guy's a Wu-Tang Clan and you, you finally find out it's nine guys and nine guys who are all into uh, Kung Fu and, and yeah. Staten Island. And you're like, wait a second. What? And Ice, I think Ice T summed it up so beautifully. I, he was on some like VH1 uh, talk over the video show. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yep. And he <laughs> like they're showing Wu-Tang and he was like, Man, the first time I ever heard Wu Tang, first thing I thought was, "There's nine of them. There's and nine. All of them can rap. What uh, the fuck?" <laughs> Ice Tuesdays, subscribe, yeah. subscribe. But the thing that got to me was like, obviously those like those first three Wu Tang Clan albums and a lot of those solo projects. You know, you you get this sort of understanding of '70s exploitation film. Yeah, you know the sort of the 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 martial arts stuff in particular, right? Well, terms like chop sake, if you will, which were like yeah, the yeah, way, yeah. way they describe these things. And these 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 young men became fixated on this, and RZA built a musical, a sonic world around this. The samples 100%. on, like the samples on uh, Liquid Swords, mm -hmm. we would sit in the car. And be like, we didn't know what these movies were from. We didn't have references to it. Right, 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 right. You know, by this point, it's the 90s. I, I am not going to these theaters and seeing these 70s movies that, you know, some of these folks did you know, in the 70s and 80s. Like, I don't have access to some of this stuff. Mm. But I'm fascinated by the, what it is. Right. 100%. And, and that's sort of where, like, my beginning truly the beginning of my having any exposure to sort of kung fu movies or martial arts in films starts with the wu-tang clan before sure. i even see movie one right 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 i mean and and look at what uh what what kind of crossover that is you know what i mean mm. uh a rap group from new york can open the doors to uh exploitation kung fu movies 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. what a what a there's, crazy. There's so many wild connections, and we're not the first people to understand this. Right, but like, right. there's so many wild connections from this, like deep reading and deep studying of what they did their art. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. To like how I learned what the five percenters were, like, like mm -hmm. more religious understanding because of this this group. Like Wu, -Wu Tang yeah. is definitely an onion of a group. It's yeah. a very oh, layered yeah. situation. There, there's like very... tennis references getting laced <laughs> in, and then transformers, and like it's just wild. It's Ezra Pound at the yeah. time. Like there's just so, yeah. reference on top of reference before you just don't know even what the hell they're talking about half the time. So Kohai comes from, I was, I actually taught karate for many, many years. And okay. you know, I'm a, I'm a second degree black belt, martial artist, mm -hmm. whatever. That was the, the before music life. Right. Got so it. growing up, listening to music and doing martial arts, anytime, any type of martial art is mentioned, I'm very like, Ooh, what are you guys talking about? Sure. And for the longest time, even though I'm a big, like a uh, martial art movie aficionado, whatever, I always thought that like, uh, the stuff that Wu-Tang was coming up with was like original stuff. And then I got older, like, you know, high school, whatever. I was like, what are the 36 chamber? And I was like, wait, you guys just lifted that straight up. And 100% lifted. The Fallon styles just lifted. I'm like, hell yeah. I, that's, I love that shit. Like, you just picked it up. And you're like, no, we like that. We're going to, we're going to just going to use it. You know, that's awesome. This movie, this movie is oh, yeah. such a perfect marriage. Like I've never in my life seen something written on paper that wasn't more incredible to me. Like, oh, it's going to be hyper violent, sort of like mm -hmm. taking on like an American take on Kung Fu movies. Right, right. Boy, I, I wish that like Quentin Tarantino would get involved in some way. He's really good. Oh, cool. He produced <laughs> it. He is involved. Wow. What do you Oh, know? like if there was going to be like a rapper in the world that covered this subject, I don't know, maybe it would be RZA. Boom. Nailed it. Written, directed, <laughs> acted, narrated. Everything is there. I, you, They got like some like honestly, you know, Kung Fu artists to be in this film. Mm -hmm. Everything about it is perfect. Except watching it. Yeah, where did we go it's wrong? It's not perfect <laughs> at all. No, it's not. It's 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 an imperfect piece of art. And I don't like, I'm just going to start by saying I don't want to come in here and besmirch <laughs> the good name of the Razor. I love Oh, Rizzo. no, of course not. I love Rizzo. And I, I like love what he, what he we tried to do. We love you, Rakim. Of course. I was talking to Fatboy about this movie for about five seconds before I came up here. And he already was like... Man, that's Rizzo, bro. You gotta respect what he do. You I'm like, yo, that movie. Yeah, no, no. I have respect, but we insane, have, I have questions too. I was writing some notes while I was watching it, and the number one note that I wrote over and over again is blank, blank, blank is insane. So and so, yeah, so, yeah, insane. Is insane. Oh, is no, this? totally. A lot of my notes were questions, <laughs> and they were like, "He's in the thing. He's yeah, the one. That, right. Okay." That would be the no. Be like, uh, okay, so it's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I we always try to watch the movie twice when we do this show. 
Okay. Um, yeah. That's usually how, how Jeff and I get on these things. We watch the first one and it's usually just like, huh? And the second time we're prepared for a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I did like, I basically had like double the amount of edibles that I usually have when I watch a movie. <laughs> and this was the wrong movie to do that. Like I went to space. Oh, yeah. It was incredible. I can't yeah. imagine. Like I was pretty high and very confused. <laughs> I cannot imagine how confused you were. It's it was incredible. Confusing. Nothing made sense. You blink and then they were cutting a man's arms off and you're like, this oh, movie right. breakneck speed. So the pacing is non-existent. There's, so I guess full on is a pace it started Mm. i was watching it yesterday and i watched a little bit of it again today and it Mm. started and i was like wait okay so there's a wu-tang song playing in the background but there's also like a kung fu movie score playing at the exact same time and in my Uh head i was like is my spotify still playing so i checked and i'm like no so i played the scene back and i was like wait a second is this what this whole movie's gonna be (laughs) it's like weird like here's like classic wu-tang but with the score on top of it, which is already disorienting. Oh, right? right. And then the sound mix is super But then weird. it never <laughs> happens again. <laughs> we get like very, very precious little Wu-Tang material. And then the rest then of on. it is just we get beautiful times. Right away. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, I hope you enjoyed that. That's all it's the ones. Over. That's all the money we had the license for. So That's we're gonna it. use that one. For my own music. This is all the right. money. This is for my own music. It was it's bizarre because like that's the choice to open it. As a fan, I get excited and I'm watching sure. this like incredible I was absolutely over the moon. This incredible fight scene that's happening mm-hmm. in this in this back room. You're watching it and it's sort of because you don't know what you're getting into. You right. just immediately assume this is ephemera. You're going to yeah, watch yeah, yeah. a fight happen, but none of this is consequential to the actual storyline of the 100%. movie, but you're just seeing some badasses fight and probably those people show up later and this is pretty cool. Sure. And then it turns out like, oh, this is like the crux of this entire film. The death of Gold Lion was happening. The death of right Gold Lion sparks all of this, this oh, yeah. struggle for power, this violent I, takeover. <laughs> right. I did make a comment that it's hilarious that the lineage goes uh, Gold Lion, Silver Lion, yeah. Bronze Lion. Mm-hmm. And Zen Yi, they just yeah. dropped the naming convention completely. Well, they were out of Olympic medals. <laughs> yeah, they had no more medals left. <laughs> so but yeah, you know, if there was a fourth place medal, then you know I bet it would be there. But, <laughs> I had the yeah. exact same thought though. I was like, okay, so this guy dies. Whatever, we will get to see what the fighting looks like in this movie, I guess. And then they cut right back, and they're like, yeah, no, this is the the leader of the main clan, one of the main clans in the movie. Suddenly, yeah. the concurrently running storylines is part of what makes this film disorienting. There is what's happening with the lions. Mm -hmm. There's what's happening with Uh, RZA, with with Thaddeus, the blacksmith. Thaddeus, the blacksmith. Right. Is that what's going on with him? Right. Then there's the Russell Crowe storyline. And then these things get intertwined. Yeah. And there's a lot of backstory that is replayed. As yes. whole scenes of the movie too. Yes, and that's a mention. So now that we're going to introduce another movie inside the movie, and you're like, "I'm having trying... enough trouble with the first one. I don't know if we need." I feel like he was trying to do the the Tarantino thing, especially the fact 100%. that Tarantino was yeah. there. But it's just like that is it's not tough. an easy thing to do. Pulp fictioning a movie really good. is not easy. You know, pulp fictioning a movie is difficult. You yeah, know? to tie all these storylines together to make us care about all three simultaneously yeah. you know what i mean 
and they also you're you're getting these characters like you don't know what everyone's intentions are like russell crowe's intentions and his um his allegiances aren't clear until right. really nearly the end pretty much the end of the movie yeah you're like 15 minutes left and you find out like oh actually he's on this he's on the side of the right. emperor oh because shit one of my notes in it is who's that dude I actually didn't know who two times I watched it. And I was like, they've revealed this guy. They've been keeping him under wraps the whole time. And it was like, oh, it's one of those dudes, barbers or something. (laughs) This person has been wildly irrelevant to the story. I like the comment before that. You're you're following these three storylines, but most of the Russell Crowe storyline is just him in a brothel, smoking opium and having sex with women. That's like freaky sex. He like tries to drown himself (laughs) while going down on someone. It's a real treat. This is like, and this is like 12 years after Gladiator. Like he is on the decline in terms of his popularity, in terms of his viability as a lead in a movie. Yeah. Um, His general likability as a human being is going down. And he comes in and plays like this character who is, comes across as creepy. Yeah. Gross. Well, first needlessly and violent is the hero right. of this particular tale. If this, this movie was not called, if this movie was not called The Man with the Iron Fist, this would be called Jackknife, English Pervert. Yeah, Jackknife. <laughs> British Pervert would be that's a good I'm gonna call that as a punk band name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I I I just want to go over the timeline we okay. get with our friend Russell Crowe. Let's okay, it. let's let's hear he, it, man. He enters the movie, <clears throat> orders a madam to give her the finest room, mm-hmm. picks out three uh, sex workers. Yep. And then the third one is like, oh, I'm, you know, someone else has paid for my time. Mm-hmm. So he, disemb- he picks a fight and then disembowels the man in front of everyone. Yes. He gives a really impassioned speech. Gun knife. Yeah. Uh, and he yells i am mr knife what (laughs) that's the first three and a half minutes of this character is that i can't lie we're getting that when he said my name is mr knife that was the moment where i was like maybe this movie can win me back that's a cool name (laughs) i like mr knife so far this is fun i'm having a good time and then uh everyone like in the room like clapped and cheered for him and I'm like, yeah, oh. they were like pumped to see this dude get disemboweled. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, never mind. This movie is insane. Never mind. Uh, maybe that guy was a jerk. Maybe a little backstory on the the giant man he disemboweled. On, what was his name? It was like his name was like <laughs> on a, evil on hippo. A seconds irrelevant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Evil but hippo I thought, or something. I thought that he was gonna be looked like King Hippo. When he was doing his speech, I was like, oh, cool. He's like the sadistic, crazy guy that everyone's gonna yeah. be like, ah, they're gonna run. Nope, everyone was just like, okay, cool. Here's even more yeah. prostitutes. Have fun. Enjoy. We can't yourself. wait to serve you. We can't yeah. wait to yeah. serve you. It's just like, well, I mean, like that's a, that's a you know, that's definitely a five-star hotel experience, no question. Like Rizza, harasser Rizza wrote this movie. Rizza wrote this movie with Eli Roth. Oh who right. wrote Hostel. Of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, Cabin Fever. Of course. Uh, and I, like he did like I think he did what the Thanksgiving short and Tar- Tarantino's Grindhouse. Yeah, so a, like he writes some a, insane stuff. There's a line that I what, what was it? Uh I think when the werewolves, he was like making the weapons for the werewolves at some point. The wolves, yes. And he goes, 
uh, I was making weapons for the wolves while they were dancing. Every dog has their night. I was like, RZA, <laughs> dude, don't, don't do that. He made the bracelet for the, for his woman, and yeah. she was like, "Why twenty five? And he was like, "Because the Earth is twenty five thousand kilometers in diameter." And that was the whole line. That was. I the was line. like, "What's going on here?" All right, that's that's a skip ahead long. But but, I, no, but actually, I want to go back to no. that script. But I want to go back to the script Please. because here's the thing: it's like Riza has no good lines in the entire movie. None. Zero good lines for the movie he wrote, yeah. directed, and ostensibly stars in. All the good and lines narrates. go to Russell Crowe yep. and Lucy Liu. The only the, two people. The real star of the movie, Lucy Liu, who's not bad in anything. I wanted to see so much more of her in this movie. Yeah, for sure. That reveal in the third act of like, this is now our turn for our power play, ladies. You're like, all so right, this is, here we go. This is an issue in the film where ideas or like concepts of what the characters are, are introduced very quickly as a kind of, by the way, a hundred percent. They're like, Oh, this blacksmith, by the way. Yeah. As an extensive background in Kung Fu training. Because the way trained with two of the great masters of the forms, the way movies are usually set up is that like, you know, they drop you some information and give you little bits of exposition. We get that, like we get that Kung Fu scene and that, uh, escaped slave stuff early, then we know why this guy is narrating the film. He's in the film a lot. Seems to just like kind of randomly insert himself into a gigantically fucked up situation. <laughs> right. For the reason of like, I did my job and some people died. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, no. He... A, he's, he's a very strange character. And then right at the like, sort of like right before we need to get on with this Iron Fist stuff, they're like, oh, by the way, he's great Kung Fu. He's yeah, great. by the way, this is no just going to be very very convenient now. It's going to be very necessary in about oh, five minutes. So by the way, Lucy Liu has a wild, large army of sex workers <laughs> that are incredibly trained, athletic kung fu masters no yeah she's a leader of black widows she has yes. her own so black widows don't worry we'll just drop that like you should have already known that obviously there was a moment like <laughs> like at the very beginning of the third act where you kind of see all the pieces on the board kind of start to get in play sure. you're like oh uh-huh. this guy versus that guy and this squad versus that i understand what's happening but then the thought comes into your mind like well wait when did any of this get set up you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I see that yeah. this is what's happening, but it's I don't all know. This movie. I don't know when you told me that this was going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's just happening yeah. suddenly. There's no foreshadowing that happens right. in the film. Nothing right. is foreshadowed ever. At all. It, it just, just happens. happens. <laughs> and if they need to explain it, they show it to you right before. Okay, so that's why this has to happen like right here, so you can see why that is. That mm-hmm. happened right here. This is why that is. And then yeah. it's just like, oh, okay. Again, that just leads to sort of the schizophrenia of like, I'm getting this data, and now it applies right away, as opposed to like they could have made versions. And I, the I don't know which, burn. I don't yeah, know yeah, which yeah. version of the movie you watched. I watched the unrated version, which is like another 15 minutes of movie. Oh, I don't and, think I saw that version. My, the one I yeah. saw was like an hour forty-seven or something. Like that. No, that's what you saw. You saw the unrated. The unrated. There's a, okay, oh, cool. There's an hour thirty-five, I think. That's the theatrical version. Oh, and nice. Jeff, I think you watched that one. Yeah, that's what I watched, and I'm baffled. <laughs> I'm baffled that there could be more, and that you There's guys more? are still confused. 
the addition of more scenes and more information, I can tell you, do not add clarity to the situation. I, I I'm couldn't still imagine baffled. So. All right, so, so I'm 100% going to watch two tonight. I need to know. There's a sequel? Oh, yeah. There is a sequel. Oh, yeah. It Same too has with an the unrated Iron Fist yeah. two. Do people reprise their roles? Like, is there Russell Crowe in this? I don't know. Yet. I know Riz is back in it, and I think, um, I think there may be some others. Um, I, I've read the premise. I mean, did, Thaddeus, you, did you? I mean, jumping ahead, but did you? You saw the unrated version. Did you watch the full credit sequence all the way to the end? I don't think I did actually. Well, because did I miss some stuff? You you did, which apparently is not in the theatrical version. Okay, but they basically set up a second movie during the credits so the opening so the credits begin and they basically show you the individual characters the actors and their 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 names of the film doing yeah. their various kung fu styles then you get straight credits for a while and at okay. some point you start getting this continuing story and that's where it gets weird i mean mm. it's been weird so far yeah that's, that's, where, that's where it gets weird <laughs> so you meet up with uh with zen you meet up with like with zenyi's woman shishi yeah, you end up with with her, and she's writing a note telling him she knows he's avenging his father, and she hopes to see him soon. And she attaches this note to a, a bird, and that bird is sent off to send a message. When is this movie supposed to be from? No, no, no. As the bird takes off into the sky and moves out across the sky, of course, you've not seen any of this, right? I have not seen this. This is news to both of us. The bird is shot at of course and falls to the ground oh then suddenly it's just a, a letter to her husband what the hell a giant bird man comes and takes the letter from the bird who has fallen what is it the bird clan the bird clan <laughs> of show course. up of and course. they kidnap Shishi and of put her course. in a giant bird cage. Oh my god. I feel like we know very little. Oh. And then Zen Yi goes back to Jungle Village to recruit Thaddeus to help right. him fight the bird clan and get, get his girl back. Get the that boys must back. be the sequel. That must be the sequel. We gotta there's, get the boys back well, together, you know? There's no way to know. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to this movie. I'm sorry, man. I'm we don't know <laughs> enough about movie. this dude to like follow him for a second tale. Yeah, I felt that. The man with the iron fist, I don't care about him. That's the thing. I don't care about his fists. But no, his... his uh, why can't I remember the name? You guys uh, were just Z saying his name. Zen Yi? Zen Yi. Yeah. Zen Yi... Or the X or the X Blade, but here's all we know is that he, if you don't fuck with him, he seems like a pretty nice dude. He's kind of chill. He just wants to chill. He really's into his lady. He was trying to chill with his He's girl. Really into his partner. He Did loves not care. his partner. He didn't give a shit about the gold. Was upset when his dad died. You know what I mean? That's some honorable yeah. shit. Yeah. He seems I mean? like he's got some honor rolling around in there, despite being from a family that seems to be a little honorless. Yeah. I mean, they're lions. Uh, no man. offense, That's man. Lions end up eating their their pride, you know what I mean? Eventually, <laughs> yeah, or whatever the fuck. We've all seen I the Lion King. We know, you know that family don't want shit. <laughs> Come on, made a fucking thing. I want to talk about the speeches in this film. <laughs> yeah, let's the do speeches. it. I want to talk go. about the speeches because the speeches in this film, 
like if I were in a locker room or in a war situation and any of the people that stood before me gave the speeches they gave, I would turn coat. <laughs> I would become a, a an immediate turncoat. You know what? This is a terrible like, you know what? I'm going to the other side. I don't want to die because you think the 48 laws of power are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so each person that gives a speech in this gives a, like a law. <laughs> basically I, from 48 I, laws of power and it is awful lucy lou's speech is basically what's up guys <laughs> power is weird right and men right and anyway let's fucking go they're like I, fuck I, yeah I, let's do it let's fucking I, kill these dudes i've never been less motivated in my life <laughs> <laughs> it's it was so weird to see those speeches but like i think the most inappropriate speech at the most inappropriate time in this film yes, is is when jackknife and poison dagger are in their final battle mm. and jackknife has cleverly snared poison dagger who is yes. now being gr- slowly ground towards his death mm-hmm. because time oh. moves inexorably forward of course but then he proceeds poison dagger proceeds to insult russell crowe's opium usage right and what does russell as Crow like say? in his dying breath and russell crowe says he prepares a defensive opium perfect and he says it is a benefit and a solace come on to the hard-working chinese chinese dot 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 and the occasional englishman Come on, man. Everyone likes that, to get a little high sometimes. He drops that was amazing. Some very weird slurs in this jam. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, you think? He, Wait, and then he, the dude who's rolling to his death because yeah, there's you know, a dog eating joke hell. in there. Yeah. Yes, it'll make your dog's taste better. That's like a little, it's 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 subtle, it's understated, but yeah. it is one hundred percent a hard dig at the Chinese. You know, as as hilarious as this movie is, I could find uh, a Chinese person finding the entire movie insulting. To be completely honest with you, oh, one hundred percent. Oh, they're yeah. like the because there's something hilarious to me about the Wolf Clan, the Lion Clan, the sure. now the now I heard of the Bird Clan. It's oh, just so like, it's just like, dude, that's not. We gotta be a little more. You know what I mean? Like they weren't just like naming things after. Not a like, lot of depth and... to the naming of things: bronze, no. silver, and gold. And that's what I'm saying. Everything's why, tied to. Yeah. That's why thinking yeah. about Rizzo writing it is just so like, buddy, this is not. But this is where like you were talking before about <laughs> discovering how many of those references were not original in this music. It's <laughs> no. like he's just drilling from other movies. Yeah, he's just pulled from other true. movies. I'm in no way an expert or a scholar on on these films, but it's like he's even ripping off Kill Bill by having this be set in that brothel, having be set in a hotel. You know, I wouldn't call it Kill Bill Light because I don't think it was not light. It's like Kill Bill, like Ultra. You know, it's like an ultra light version. It's just like this is. I see where the ref the influences you're taking are from, but you're not doing them any type of justice or service no. in this movie it just felt like so it's like kind of a early chat beat gpt yeah version of <laughs> yes the Kung Fu movie yes exactly ai like the ideas are coming arts. out yeah it's the ideas are there and if you know the background a, a lot of this movie relies 
on you being someone who's into Kung Fu. A hundred percent. Looking past like, the surface level stuff and just kind of yeah. looking, you know, trying to look at just like yeah. the actual crux of the movie. But if you're somebody who doesn't like it, this is, I don't think it's going to hit really. With, with people, American people in general, you know, the vast majority aren't going to watch things that are, you know, un-American. Yeah. Or like appeal to the sensibility. Not it's not like Kung Fu is awesome and it's huge, but it's not like cleaning up the box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're asking a large audience to come in with like a lot of prior knowledge. And it, I don't think it was there. I think a lot of, I've read yeah. some reviews here and there. Basically, they were like, Who's who is in charge? Who's talking? Who is yeah. who's, take me to something that makes sense? Right, right. A well, lot of them me... were, and I, I found that to be like I just think that they're not, they don't understand the lexicon, mm-hmm. like they hadn't seen twenty, thirty, like kung fu films like I have, or my roommate who like has watched a billion kung fu movies is like a fucking expert on it. Right. We can come into that thing with expectations, be like, oh yeah, caring a whole lot about dialogue, isn't really the jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kung for fu. sure. This is about the fighting. And to be fair to this movie, the fighting when it happened was fucking exquisite. Yeah, it was pretty oh, cool. Was God. Beautifully filmed. Yeah. It paid beautiful homage to the films that he loved. This Absolutely. was what they were there to do. Just the yeah. blood spurts. The blood spurts. Yeah. Alone. The, yeah. the very first one in the movie when he rips rips the arms off yes. was, was the moment where you're like, oh, it's one of these movies. Cool. Right. I, we're here. I, we're going to be violent. I know where we are with this movie. Yeah. For we sure. get a, a face chopped off pretty much immediately. <laughs> and I also like within, think. I think I wrote down, it was like three minutes and 30 seconds of the film. This guy goes to chop a neck and goes through the cheek. And you're like, oh, okay. oh right. Here I also go. think someone's throat gets ripped off at one yeah. point. Yeah, there's one point Thank someone you. gets throat ripped out. That happens. There's a scene yeah. in the be- in that be- in that the beginning scene. To... Oh, yeah, go ahead. There's that begin in that beginning uh fight scene that happens where someone gets thrown outside and then is devoured by wolves. Oh, yeah. right. Just gets eaten. Never yeah. explains that. But no. these are suddenly they're just torn apart. Maybe it was just to symbolize beasts. that that's the wolf clan. Maybe it's the I, wolf clan. I also don't I know guess, yeah. actually in the movie all that much. Yeah, the wolf clan seemed way more important in those first two acts. Maybe the first much. And then we just never like yeah, they were like getting a bunch of weapons and getting ready for war, and they were mentioned in war talk. Dudes yeah. would have war talk and be like, Oh, we gotta like fight the wolf clan. And then they didn't. Also, no. the ice, <laughs> I know they I know, just didn't. <laughs> I'm not looking at my notes, but I know one of my notes just had to comment on the, all of the Lion Clan's hair in this movie was right. Oh yeah, like yeah. actual lions was incredible. I was like, wow. Silver had a hard Prince thing going on, and I wasn't hard mad Prince about thing. it. He was hard Prince. Prince. He was literally <laughs> yes. He was looking at himself in the mirror at one point. His Prince in black instead of purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like really a, a Raiders version of Prince. I sincerely feel like this movie could have used taking itself a little less seriously like it did in moments like that to make it seem more of like a, hey, we're all in on this joke of, you know, this is kind of a cheeky, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, albeit, version of this movie. Albeit you know? possibly, <laughs> like he was great comic relief, even if it was unintentional. Right. So albeit right. unintentional, that dude was a lot of fun. He laughed at the end of everything he said. He'd go, 
<laughs> right. That was awesome. I was like, are you ADRing your lines? It's right like now, or are pompous shitty laugh at the end of everything he said. Yeah. Like he any statement he made. <laughs> at one point, Silver Lion puts on sunglasses. <laughs> right. And I stopped. My brain broke in that moment. I said, It broke. What, what year is year this? Is this? Come on, what man. That brings us movie? to the question of the night. When is this movie? When is this I have movie? a real theory. When is go this high. Do you have, movie? Before Jeff, what are your theory? Go high. When is this movie? Because I am completely baffled. Is when this is supposed this to take place? Right. When is this movie? Like, there's like electricity and like opium mm-hmm. and like Mr. Tattoos. Mr. Knife has the gun knife the when knife he shoots gun. it yeah. at the end. Uh, Zen Yi's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, and he was like, "You never bring a gun to a knife fight or whatever." Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, always I always bring a gun. Bring to, a gun right. to a, yeah, I was like, I was he just was his mind just blown by a gun just now? Yeah, you know what I mean, it's I like the know. discovery of gunpowder, but like it wasn't even just like a gun that was prayed. I like thought that gun. the Chinese like, discovered gunpowder. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, Jack hmm. Knife is like a character from the future who yeah, is like brought a, back in time. Oh, is that true? I mean, that's how I have to look at this. That there are characters. Well, oh, that like, look, would be awesome. Think, if this movie was like more this. sci-fi, it probably would have been better. If it was a little more of a sci-fi element, you would have been able to make that case credibly that everybody yeah. else was from that time in some respects. But then, of course, right. the sunglasses, silver line thing goes me off. But like, they're trying to set a time frame by saying mm-hmm. we're giving Riz's background as an American slave, right? Which, with Pam Greer as his mom. Oh my God, you're right. Very, which is oh. a very cool cameo to see her. But also, like when that happened, I kind of just got to that "what the fuck." Like, wait, how did we get here? And right. then we go from the emancipated slave narrative to being just washing ashore in a shipwreck on a yeah, shipwreck. He was in a shipwreck, so, and so then the only survivor by... of a shipwreck. Is this Civil War era movie? So, like, it must so be here's, that. Right? Here's the deal. That's that's my theory. Okay. Is that this is eighteen? It has to be before. This is pre World War Emancipation Proclamation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah what definitely. I'm saying because okay. he got a note from his right. doctor yeah. to say that he's free. <laughs> right, yeah. fucked up. So he like gets this note from his master. Yeah. Moving forward, gets beat up by some dudes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the note is rendered worthless. Uh, well, then he murdered. Then he so murders. This one has to be pre Civil War. Accidentally, but yeah, this has got to be pre Civil War. So like so, 1855-ish, and then you yeah, get 30 because, years ahead. So, so guns exist. 30 years old, right? And then you see Mr. Knife's like regalia at the end. He's wearing yes, like right. general, like looking like he's from the Civil War, like yeah. right, maybe pre-Civil War. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, weird. Like, I kept looking for like stars and bars on the guy for some reason, <laughs> even though he has a I'll British what, accent. I guarantee you that Rizzo was not uh, concerned about time period continue uh continuity in this movie no whatsoever no. i think he was just but, like fuck it who cares oh well, i think okay. a, a lot of it is i think a lot of it is just that it's just magical to him yeah right this is all magical to him this is all wondrous and magical and incredible to him and that child's brain that youthful brain <laughs> that exposed all this stuff meant that it translated to i'm gonna make a film that is just trying to Treat these things as magic rather than explain them to you. Yeah, I mean, if I usually make for good movies. I think you're not wrong there. If I'm going to make my, uh, you know, the Kung Fu movie in my head that I've always wanted to make, I'm just Mm going to play with action figures. 
You know what yeah. I mean? I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna come up with the most fantastical. You know, the the astronaut is fighting the fucking cowboy is fighting the alien is fighting the why not if you can yeah make right it, you know so I'm not I'm definitely not mad at that concept. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I I'm always a big fan of intentionality and execution. And I don't know how much was intentional in this movie. And I know that things weren't executed that well. So it becomes this thing of like, I, I like that you wanted to make this movie. I'm I'm so glad that, and I'm glad that Tarantino was like, fuck it. Yeah, let's make a American. I mean, he knew, was, I don't, I didn't look up the numbers on this, but I can't imagine that it was like wildly expensive. It was yeah. not. It, and I can it, imagine. And it, yeah. And, and it, it more made, or less it's almost guaranteed even. to make money. You know what I mean? I mean, right. it, it broke sequel, even. So okay, so I mean, so it, it broke even domestic. It broke even domestic. It was like a fifteen million dollar movie. It made about sixteen domestic. You add another four or five grand to it for, you know, for global. Like, yeah. but it's also like you make a movie for fifteen million dollars. I mean, while that's a very large amount of money to us as individuals, for, in terms of making life. a movie, fifteen million dollars mm-hmm. is a small sum. Yeah. 100 to a studio That's in the, the grand scheme listen they got their investment back you know yeah. studio was just like yeah. hey whatever we we wipe our hands of that movie listen they made enough to warrant a sequel exactly so that's the thing is they probably were just like if you can later. slash your budgets you can have one and he yeah. was like cool man i i guarantee you the second one is is just fights yeah i bet it's a whole lot, lot more fighting drizzy did not direct the second one mm, i'm a I little wary that. of the second one because it's from a director whose name I wasn't familiar with. And then I started looking up that director's other films. And that director is notorious for making sequels to movies you've already heard of. Oh, so he's like a Donnie Darko 2. Yeah. Uh, so he did like. Belly too. Oh, I'm way more into this film than I was before. He's the director of Hard Target 2. Oh, yes. No. What I want, what I specifically want is the thing I love about sequels the most when they're really campy. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. is when they just like, you're like, oh, what has happened in the past, even though you only know this person for like 90 minutes or whatever? Yeah. It's right. canon. For and sure. you don't even need to like throw this plot in there. They're just going to jump from fight to fight. And then two of these people are going to fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's, that's all the we movie. Really- Let's cut and print this thing cost like. <laughs> Three really million dollars, and we're gonna make nine. Let's. That's ride. all we really wanted for the more of the movie of the first movie in the first place. I didn't want precisely. I I don't want, Dude, I I don't want Riza to have directed it. I want someone who's not gonna <laughs> talk to me for seventy minutes of this yeah. movie. I want someone who's gonna be like, "This village is this, and it is known for having this clan fight." Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they thought that this movie was gonna get some sort of like a uh, cult classic status or claim. Because it, I don't think it has it. No, um, I think it, it. I think people look at it as kind of a goofy movie, which sucks. Because like, uh, a Quentin Tarantino executive produced RZA, Eli Roth, Russell yeah. Crowe, Lucy Liu uh, movie should be like, oh man, that's like that movie that I I watch all the time when I'm stoned or whatever. And it's not that movie. I'm no. not gonna watch this movie again. Probably. That's another no. one of the things that's that's really risky about doing a hyper violent kung fu movie too is that like you're not the cult status a lot of times comes from it rerunning. Yes. And 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 the hungover community 
in a service to us for sure brings the things is look the edited version of this is amazing yeah let's watch the unedited version and it becomes yeah. things like yo this movie's ridiculous but it's yeah actually pretty sick yeah that's not getting syndicated that's usually this, anywhere this could do it except it's just it's like hyper hyper violent which is fine i like that but yeah it was hyper violent so it's not going to get a ton of love it's wildly sexual like so sexual you got not cut, but you got to cut russell crowe out of the film <laughs> right but also not sexual not nudity yes there's not nudity like, sexual situations it is like simulated implied but sexuality. people are getting dug out like it's not you know it's softcore pornography level yeah there's the one scene they're of, really uh, they're they're getting there's into the it. one the overhead shot of all the different rooms and the different yes. colors I yes. thought that was really well shot. I was like, oh, this is nice. This is pretty cool. Yeah. It also yeah. made me realize that we were definitely on a set. <laughs> that yeah. like, yeah. To get that shot, it has to be, it has to actually be shitty and not, not real. I, I was like, oh, that. no. A you little bit of disbelief. giving it away. Yeah, I was that's like, a good no. Point. But, you know, but it's it's fine. You know, so, and it's fine that it does that, but like it all at that stage is like I've already seen so much absurdity. Don't make me suddenly be like I'm on a crane. Yeah, for I'm sure. on a crane. It was like yeah, I know you guys are. This is this is not real. Clearly, I'm in a movie again. I'm watching a how, movie again. How would you guys feel about uh, our friend Batista? And I think what is his first role or one of his first roles? Yeah, what? tell me anything about <laughs> Batista's character that doesn't involve. The fact that he is actually an Avenger. Tell me anything. Where did he come from? Where did he go? Um, this is Tiger style. He tiger is style. from the Tiger Clan, which is revealed at the very end. It is a, revealed a in his that final we know battle. Nothing about. Oh wow! I didn't even pick up that implication. A clan that, that is introduced thought, to us. This I thought way, Rizzo was. Way. I thought Rizzo was just saying Wu Tang stuff. I didn't even realize that he was no. just saying Tiger Style. Wow! Well, he, so he when, was fighting in Tiger Style. Once he realized he was in trouble, he like reverted to his style. Mind yes. Instead and of and, just being a big and Rizzo's like, I monster. thought you went extinct. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, we because we did go extinct. <laughs> I killed him. I killed, I killed <laughs> my entire Ooh, the bronze body does not. And then around, suddenly, clearly. like, and then suddenly a guy who would just cut off your arms makes sense. This is a <laughs> yeah. man who slaughtered his entire clan he doesn't to care be about the anything. only survivor. Not to lead the clan, but like this is a this is a nihilist. We, this is someone who believes talk, in nothing. Gotta talk sensibly, but at, at some sort of level, we have to talk about. What is Bautista in this movie? Yeah, what is Dave in this because movie? Because there, there are some magical elements, right? So for can't the fact, slice, like, the fact that skin. they were talking about chi and stuff, and yes. just the yeah. fact that Rizza could move his fingers in yeah. the iron fist. I had to go back. I had to go back to read that, that scene to be like, explain me how chi works again. Right. The fact right. that he can move them means that in this world, I guess there is some sort of like whatever but batista's shit is like way more intense than everyone else's like five percent of powers yeah no he's just gold or bronze yeah they just yeah. and they just know that yep he's a That's big bronze having baby. had to experience it and die at his hands so xerxes this, this leads me to to talk a little bit about the so first of all this is essentially an avenger Mm -hmm. There's nothing about this that isn't just superhero. No, he's a superhero mm -hmm. for sure, or yeah. a villain. I'm not sure. But the yeah. the thing about him is that like there's a skin, there's like a human form 
over this actual bronze was it bronze body yeah he's like colossus yeah. right X-ray. right it's sort of like that thing yeah it's like a, it's like yeah, a i'm not good at situation. comic books so that but yeah. i was gonna ask like but his name what? his character name is brass body brass, so brass body. body okay brass yeah. body so like where so, does it where does it go where does it come from he's the cotton eye joe of of villains <laughs> Are you going to bring up Cotton Eye Joe on every episode this season? I need to know things about, like, that dude is dope. And we'll never know because he was shattered into the fucking void realm. Yeah, he fucking got He's gone. He's out of the, like, you don't want that for more than one movie? That would be so sick. His introduction for a second, I thought he was going to be cool. He's walking around all these kids. He's picking up all the kids they around really the neighborhood and the village. Made yeah. sure yeah. this like, oh. happens a lot in like in kung fu movies where some like to show that somebody's really a cool dude. Yeah, he's just doing. They like have you do. walk through the streets and everyone knows you and loves you and like oh. the kids run up and hug you. <laughs> this is a thing, but like then from the moment that he leaves those kids' side, he's yep. the worst humanoid being I've maybe ever seen in my life. He's just like, give me money and I will mash this dude into dust listen bro it's fucking tiger style all right tiger style it's tiger style he's the only if he's the only person that can do what he's doing i hope that he was charging a ridiculous sum yeah for sure well he clearly i mean if you go to if you try to if you're trying to as i've attempted to sort of reconstruct the the whys of this film from the ashes of this movie it's Mm -hmm. like he clearly is somebody who had the level of control over his chi that the the abbot yes. was trying to impart on right, right, Thaddeus right. and to teach right. and to teach his followers. So, like that was an example. The fact that he could his skin could defensively turn to metal, or that mm-hmm. he could turn that on, was a reflection of his chi, which right. is why, in that pivotal scene, the only way that Thaddeus beats him. Is by recognizing that his power is the chi and remembering mm-hmm. back to the points of where on the I gotta body hit, right gotta hit those those chi points, yeah, which is also very classic uh kung fu, very classic yes. martial arts. I gotta mm-hmm. hit coming you to your, the realization that your, your master is right all your... along mm-hmm. and that you were straying from the path, and that's why all of this was so fucked up. That's why all your family got fucked up because you were not aligning yourself with the chi, my man. Yeah. You never were. And I also I also like how we did see a little bit of Thaddeus's backstory of like, yo, he could he could kick some ass. But when he mm-hmm. did have the iron fists, it was the equivalent of just like swinging his arms around wildly and hitting people in the face with them, mm-hmm. which I'm yeah. like, I mean, yeah, that's what that would be. You have giant iron gauntlets with spikes on them. I guess you mm-hmm. don't have to really be that precise or yeah. have much finesse. It's just giant clubs. That, you know, I, you know. I was going to bring this up because I was going to ask about styles and how we felt about the styles in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, his style was basically just like have so many knives (laughs) that no one can get a move in without three knives in them, man. Yeah, I I think one of the (laughs) notes that was his whole uh, style was Zenyi's armor uh, is very shredder. Reminiscent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a turtles. Yes. You know, the guy walked up to him to try to throw the knife at him, and he just, his spikes got him in the shoulder. I was like, "Oh shit!" That yes. stuff was awesome in the movie. That's that's the yeah. great imaginative. The fighting stuff. is so cool, and honestly, like as I make fun, but it was a really cool looking, well designed, 
costume and oh like, yeah for and sure gimmick and like it was very good yeah yeah and, like the very yeah. beginning scene where he like kicks he goes to kick the dude in the head and he just stops his foot and a gigantic machete goes through oh, the dude's head right yeah just a fantastic shot and scene like he could get information out of that dude that would really help him and maybe be save some lives nah. He's like, yeah. you know what? Enough of this motherfucker. That's gonna yeah. matter. I'm it, like, I'm not gonna put up with more weapons. I'm just gonna just off this guy. Throw knives at the problem with a yeah. fucking with a boot machete. <laughs> do you guys Beautiful. think that do you guys think that Riza is proud of this movie? Yes. I think I it's his so. dream. I think it's his dream. Yeah. And good for him. Like, look, we've watched some straight trash on this show so yeah. many times. This, this is movie trash. is not that. It's, it's not, not trash. It's really not. This is we not trashed garbage. it a little bit earlier, but like it, yeah. it has some weird quite it, it just is weird yeah it's a this, weird movie i don't know if i like it or not but i'll tell you this i'll remember a couple of those scenes vividly yeah for sure russell crowe's character i will remember about. vividly yeah i can remember him kissing many many women an in this awful movie, part of the film <laughs> awful, oh by awful. the way so he does all of this like sexy stuff and then turns on his ear at one point he's like uh-oh Shit's going down and just becomes like a blacksmith. Yeah. An incredible Kung Fu artist, a, a, a weapons inventor. Uh, I, like he's a really malleable dude. I'm wondering why he's just a colonel. That's what I was joking. Oh, yeah. Good point. But that's what I was right? like. Is he, maybe he's just flippant with the, uh, with the, they could have showed us so much cool backstory about this awesome character, but they just showed us that he's like a degenerate for, yeah, so much of his portion of the movie that when he's and not then, on duty, he is a vile creature. I mean, but we could all relate. Fair enough. You know what I mean? That's cops, man. You know, just toxicity. <laughs> a lot of toxicity, man. There, it's 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 wild. That okay. So my favorite, my favorite exchange in in the film is Madame Blossom, Lucy Liu, and Jackknife. Yeah, mm -hmm. Madame Blossom says to Jackknife. If you damage my girls, she grabs his balls and squeezes. Grabs his balls. I damage your boys. That's right. And his response is, "Oh man, what if I put the baby's arm inside you?" Yeah, that's fucking right. And like goes to her lips. Yep. With it. Yep. Oh, he and like no, he licks her lips. That into her licks mouth. her lips. Yeah. And, then yeah. and then licks like her top licks. lip. Yeah. Yes. And and no. And then the other boy, and then the the helper boy was watching. And he's like, "What are you looking at?" And I'm like, "He's looking at you two fucking weirdos right now, <laughs> freaking them out." Yes. Man. You're, you're freaking the kids out, man. He's just trying to work at a brothel, and yeah. you are showing him some levels of freakitude that oh, he is yeah. not prepared for. He's not Honestly, prepared for it. The Wu Tang has always been slightly, or not slightly. They've been pretty overtly sexual. So oh, yeah. that doesn't really surprise Fair. me. Look, that ice cream. No, this ice movie cream being is once you a, burn ice cream a bit is of bad, a sex like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. This it does make sense that Rizzo was like, and I do want to lay down in a bed with a a, a hot a hot actress like three times in this movie. And they were like, yeah. okay. I have one. I have one more question about Rizzo's character. I know that we're okay. you know we're we're bunny we're we're hitting the the limit. But yeah, is he getting finessed? Hmm. Ooh, that's yes. a good question. Is he getting finessed? He tried but, to uh, save her like three times. Because he's just handing her money and then they're having sex. And that money goes in with the rest of the money. 
And then she goes, he has like a collection of bags of coins, a big safe full of bags of coins. And he keeps telling her, he's like, we can leave this place. She's like, this place isn't that bad. I'm like, well, I mean, if you want to be in a relationship, kind of, but you know what I mean? Rissa like, is getting finessed. I don't want to say it. I want to believe her that she's a good us, person and they're going to run away. Who among us has she a does take care of Avon, you're right. There we go. Fair. There it is. Fought, it's all happened. It's happened to everybody. It's there. It's the situation. There's no internet. Yeah. They, they have, this, is, this is entertainment. This maybe, brothel is actual entertainment. Maybe Thaddeus I, is more relatable than we thought, you know? Yeah. Maybe he's a secret simp. Who knows? We don't really know. <laughs> Listen, he's a simple blacksmith. All Come we on, know man. is that he's. A simple but my argument is that I think that the way this movie—that's what he up starts that... the movie as. I'm just a simple blacksmith. If you I know, I'm just weapon. an unassuming dude who's trying to run away with someone who's stealing my money. By the yeah. way, here's 20 minutes of my kung fu uh, <laughs> exposition. So. Yes, please get that. <laughs> the, this this <laughs> film is weird. I don't here's my argument for why he's not getting finessed is that mm. the way this movie is written mm-hmm. there would there would be no foreshadowing of him being betrayed by her because there's no foreshadowing in this movie it would just happen or she would show you overtly and the fact that that doesn't happen in this movie that she dies in his arms that's fair as a loved one he never looked at it as she's going to betray him shouts to yeah. she would have yeah. definitely betrayed him before she died first yeah that's a good point. Shouts to cutting crew, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you just, just dropping fucking cutting crew references into it? Nobody knows what that is. People barely know what this movie is. be mad at me what we went through gary what we came out of we got out the other side of this conversation Mm. we did and i don't the the fundamental tenets like if kung kung fu Mm. and they're the the rap you know rap music and come and and there's a yeah if you if you the line of the if you the if you follow the line the lineage the line there the the general get your thoughts going get your thoughts going okay iron okay iron and 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 bronze and i are you just naming things now? What's going on? Do, do when light when light when light cascades, like if you like in a like a waterfall. Are you having a stroke? There's. You have to tell me if they, you were having a stroke. He's like over the over the overshot. He. Where, 
All right. I have no confidence he's going to be able to finish a thought. I'm not. Thanks for listening, guys. Tune in next time. What they made. Please like and subscribe. I'm going to go get this guy to a hospital. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network.